thank you Jesus oh I feel the Holy Ghost in this place I feel the holy presence of God moving throughout this sanctuary from the platform to the back hallelujah from the left to the right God is moving in and out of these pews the angels of the Lord are here God is wanting to work a miracle tonight Come on, that's all right. Why don't we do that for about 30 more seconds? Give it to him. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I love church. I love church. I love having some good Holy Ghost throw down, kick the devil in the teeth church. Amen. This is what it's all about. If you're not sure you want to make it to heaven or not, then you just get a little foretaste of what's happening right now. That ought to stir you up a little bit. Because if you even enjoy this a little bit, this is what's going to happen all the time. I would say 24 hours a day, seven days, but there's no going to be no calendar. Not going to be watches. Not going to be a timeline. It's for eternity. We're going to worship him. My, 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 my. I tell you what. I feel such a liberty in this place tonight. I feel God is strategically planning something out in this place right now ah, thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus hallelujah it's alright thank you Lord thank you Lord for what we're feeling in this place right now thank you for your word we're about to receive thank you Jesus for what we're feeling in this place come on don't get scared you're not gonna pray you're not gonna worship me out of a sermon I, mean, I might get to preach it's all right but let's worship him it's okay thank you Jesus come on somebody's getting their breakthrough right now and that's all right I, I'll take a moment for you my 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 I'm so thankful for being in the house of the Lord tonight it's such an honor to always be at Apostolic Tabernacle, Aptab. It's always good to be here with my good friend, all the Frenches. Frenches, Frenches, and Frenches Incorporated. Hallelujah. It's always good to be here with this blessed family. It's always good to be here with everybody. I feel at home, me and my wife. Always just a big smile comes on our face when we're asked to be able to be here. Even if we don't preach sometime if you just say brother Cole if you just want to stop in one Sunday and just hang out with us and, and hear my amazing preaching I'll come by and listen to some amazing slip on in here and have some good church I really do feel at home we feel so comfortable such a liberty and that's not everywhere believe it or not I hate to even have to make that statement but unfortunately that's not the case everywhere all over the place but it is right here in this church amen such a such a ushering atmosphere of praise and worship I, 
I don't know this young lady's name right here that was in the corral earlier and she began to worship right along this area right here and she just moved right on in. She, she messed around and got a little too close to Jesus while she was worshiping and Jesus reached out and grabbed a hold of her. Because the Bible says if you draw close unto him, he's going to draw close to you. So she messed around and leaned up on him a little too much and then the spirit fell on her. So I appreciate that. And, and, it, and before you leave, that could happen to you tonight. Amen. It's got to be intentional, though. Somebody say intentional. It's not going to happen by accident tonight. But we're going to have a good move of God in this place. I believe the Lord isn't through here yet. I believe there's somebody here still standing there in the threshold of your miracle, of your breakthrough, of your infilling, of your understanding, of wisdom, a direction, of knowledge, a word from the Lord, whatever the case may be. But if you have your Bible, I'm going to go right on into the word of the Lord. I, I, I pray it isn't going to take me long tonight to minister this word. I, I feel when God has the atmosphere prepared and ready for the word of God, it shouldn't take me long to throw some seed out there. It should grow pretty good. The ground's all busted up. The rain's falling. Sun's shining. Amen. Going to have some good crop tonight. Amen. 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 I'm ready to reap what I've sown in worship. Luke 17 and 11. Luke chapter 17, verse 11. This, I believe, might be a pretty familiar uh, scripture for most here. I might, I don't believe I'm coming here with a, a, a new word that you've never heard before, but maybe possibly a word that you have heard in the past at some point and, and failed to step into that word and to receive what God had in that word. Anybody ever read the word of God? And then you fell on the same scripture you've read a million times before, but at that moment, God speaks to you in that scripture. You've read it a million times, but that day, because of what you were going through, because of the brook that you were hanging out, because of the valley you had been in, all of a sudden, that scripture came alive to you. Luke 17, 11 says this, And it came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And verse 12 says, And as he entered into a certain village everybody say a certain village not just any village it was a certain one there there met him there ten men that were lepers which stood afar off and they lifted up their voices and said Jesus master have mercy on us and when he had saw them he said unto these leprous men go show yourselves unto the priests and as it came to pass that as they went to do so they were cleansed and one of them, when he saw that he had been healed, turned back and with a loud voice, unashamed, unintimidated, with a loud voice, he began to glorify God. And in verse 16 says, and he fell down on his face at his feet, speaking of Jesus, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Tonight, I simply want to speak on this subject here. God's strategic placement. When God strategically places things at the right place at the right time. When God becomes the master chess player in your life. When God decides, hmm, this is where I need you to be in this moment. This is where I need you to move from in this moment. It's God's strategic Placement. Why don't you lift your hands to the Lord right now? Hallelujah. Come on, why don't you worship and get ready for the word of the Lord to fall on some good ground tonight. Open your heart and your mind and say, Lord, speak to me, Lord, tonight. Jesus, speak to this church in this place right now. 
Oh, by the authority in the name of Jesus, by your spirit. Oh, we need your word, oh God. We need your word, oh God. Oh, we need all the yokes broken and destroyed tonight. We need the chains to fall off and be broken. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And everybody said amen. Why don't you clap your hands to the Lord tonight before you're seated. If you believe God has a word for you in this place. You may be seated tonight. There was a man that said when his brother was around one or two years old that he had started developing a, a lazy eye. His parents had scheduled a checkup, but it was going to be a few months before they could get to it. Somebody ended up canceling their appointment at the doctor's office. And after a couple of weeks, they were able to take him in because of the cancellation earlier than they thought. It turns out that he had a very rare form of cancer. That he had a very rare form of cancer and had a tumor growing in his eye. He had surgery and only had one eye now. But if he had waited the months that it was supposed to take for that original scheduled appointment, then it would have been very possible that this child would have not only lost his sight, but could have possibly lost his life. A California couple also was moving out of their apartment one weekend, and they saw a child throwing their toys out of a window a couple of stories up in the apartment where they were moving into. And as they were looking up at this child throwing over the toys, the situation quickly became serious when one of the children climbed out of the window after the toys. But thankfully, the neighbors that were moving into the apartment at the very moment as the child was reaching for the toy, fell from the third story balcony. And the reason that the child's life was saved is because the family that was walking under the child just happened to be bringing in their mattress at this time, catching them. Two men were walking through a field one day and when they spotted an enraged bull, instantly they darted toward the nearest fence. The storming bull followed in hot pursuit, and it was soon apparent they wouldn't make it. Terrified, one shouted into the other, Put up a prayer, John. We're in for it. John answered, I can't. I've never made a public prayer in my life. He said, But you must, I implore you, you must pray. The bull is catching up on us. All right, panted John. Quickly, he said, I'll say the only prayer I know. The one my father used to repeat at the table. Oh, Lord, of what we are about to receive, make us truly thankful. Some things happen at the right place at the right time. There's always situations. I don't believe that when God orchestrates something, it is by, as they say, happenstance. I really don't believe it. I believe every church service is ordained of God. I believe every praise and worship song should be ordained of God. and should be led in the spirit. Therefore, preparing an atmosphere for somebody, somewhere, even if just one in a church service, to let go of the problems they're having momentarily so that they may hear what thus saith the word of the Lord. If there is one sin that I have found most prevalent today, it is the sin of unthankfulness. First Thessalonians 5.18 And everything give thanks. For it is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. God does so much for us. 
our indebtedness to him is enormous, and yet we rarely or at least infrequently at all offer thanks for what he has done. In fact, studies show most professing Christians, now that is a very broad statement, but in the survey, most professing Christians don't even offer thanks over their meals, much less offer thanks over all that God does in their lives. This generation today, unfortunately, is a lot like the little boy who was given an orange by an old farmer. And as the old farmer gave this little boy an orange and handed it unto him, the boy's mother said, Now what do you say to the nice man? And the little boy looked at the orange and reached up to the old farmer and said, Peel it. It's a generation of unthankfulness. It's a generation that thinks everything is, is deserved without putting forth any effort. There's no work involved. There becomes a, a lack of an appreciation. And that's why I do appreciate God sometimes. And I mentioned it this morning if you were here in talking about before every mountain there's a brook. I'm glad that there are moments. And I was speaking to my wife about that, that when we do pray. And when there is something I need in that moment, that God doesn't speak right then. I'm thankful at times. I might be the only one in the house. But I'm thankful at times that God doesn't speak to me at certain moments right when I thought I needed that answer. Because when God begins to hold back at that moment while I'm battling with my brook at that moment, it causes me to get hungrier more and more for the things of God to want to get down deeper in prayer and be more thankful and worship him deeper because I've found out that I am made up in my mind that I'm not going to throw in the towel just because the enemy gets the advantage. There was a battle I was going through in my life and I was about to throw in the towel. I had gone through a storm and the hell was against me. The devil and all his minions had been attacking me and my family and were stripping things away from me. I hadn't been in church about probably four years at this time and my whole world was falling apart. And I might have already shared this if I have. Just forgive me for those that might not have heard it. And I walked in the church on a Wednesday night. And I walked to the front door and there was my pastor standing at the door. And I barely eased my way up to him. And I never approached the man of God before church with an issue or a problem. He's got a minister. He's got to preach. You don't want to bother him with our issues before he has to share the word with us. That's just my personal conviction. Amen. But I just had been through such a valley and he just was right there. And I just began to cry and weep and cry right there. And as I was weeping and crying, he said, well, Brother Coley, what's going on? Talk to me. And I began to share with him what had happened in my life. Everything was being stripped from me. I didn't know what to do. And he looked at me while I was weeping and crying. And he said, Coley, are you going to let what you're going through right now cause you to go to hell? Very clear statement. Very plain. Didn't need a Bible study. I didn't need an interpretation. I didn't need it. I didn't need it in Greek. I didn't need it in Hebrew. I didn't need it. It was plain as day. And my knee-jerk reaction was I looked back at him in a quick response through my tears. And I said, absolutely not. And he said, well, then I can help you. Very plain. It was before church. He didn't have time to help me at the moment. He said, well, if you're not going to let this, what you're going through, cause you to go to hell, he said, then I can actually help you. Now dry your eyes. You're leading worship tonight. Let's go have some church. You just have to know my father-in-law. Hallelujah. 
And, 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 he, and he began to reveal something to me, and I understood something. He, he knew that if I would make up in my mind that just because I was going through something, just because it seemed like I was displaced in my worship at the moment, just because it seemed like I wasn't where I needed to be at that time, that if I wasn't going to allow myself to throw in the towel, then I could help you. Because I've seen Men of God struggle and fight to save souls of people that don't want to be saved. I've seen it. I've seen it happen. Waste a lot of time on people that haven't made it up in their mind yet. It's a heaven or hell issue. It's just a well. It's a convenient church issue. And I'll come to church when I can and hope I'm not meddling too much. But sometimes we feel that way. A lot of people get that way. They think they say they need help. And I thought of an illustration here not long ago, and I, I had mentioned it. And it's like, you know, Superman would have been able to save a whole lot more people when he was flying around saving folks if he wasn't having to keep helping and saving Lois Lane. Every time you turn around in the comic books, he's trying to bail her out of something she done got herself into again. And if he wasn't trying to get Lois Lane back out of something she got herself into, he could have spent more time flying around and saving the world. Pastors feel like supermen sometimes. They don't always treat it like supermen, hallelujah. But sometimes. <laughs> Psalms 104 says, enter his gates with thanksgiving into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. I'm here to encourage someone today that God is still your answer. In a time of massive killers, children, lives being stolen away, trafficking of young women, wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes, diseases, continual falling aways of, of levels of morality and attack on biblical marriage, innocence of our young being destroyed. God is still the answer for this generation. There's no doubt in my mind. To magnify this point more, I want to examine here the story that I read here a moment ago about these ten leprous men. I believe these ten leprous men taught a magnificent lesson about God's strategic placement. I believe they taught us something amazing. The first thing I want to mention here in these ten leprous men that were all battling the same thing is that they were all in the same position. Stay with me now. I'm going somewhere with this look at verse 11 and 12 here it says and it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem speaking of Jesus that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee and as he entered into a certain village very strategic there met him 10 men that were lepers which stood very far off see they were in an awful position here they were in a position where they couldn't just approach any old body. Luke says, here they stood afar off. See, the disease of leprosy was a painful disease, but the, but the physical pain was not the most terrible part of the disorder. The physical pain of a leprous person wasn't the, what they struggled with the most. It was the isolation from their loved ones. It was not being able to kiss their wife on the cheek anymore or hold their small children. They were no longer able to be invited to the family reunions. No longer could they show up at the buffet after a good church service. Now, because they were leprous men, they must stay afar off. Lepers were separated. They were shut out. They were cast off. It seems here that these lepers were shut out into an area away from everybody else. They were shut out from their family. No one knows how long it had been since they had felt the touch of their wife. The kiss of their children. They were shut out 
from their friends. Friends no longer came over, invited them anywhere to go and to show up for fellowship at any time. Notice that Jesus, on his way to Jerusalem, entered into this certain village where these certain ten leprous men were. And the religious crowd had no room for these men. But most awful, they were shut out from God. Here's Jesus, the only way to God. They stood afar off God in the flesh, having no idea at the moment. And here come Jesus walking down their lonely road. Sinners are not near God. They are far off. They cannot and will not draw near unto their own unless there becomes an appetite or a hunger for more of God. A tiredness of their situation and their position. The law is what kept these leprous men afar off. They were lonely. They were hopeless. Everybody said they were hopeless. These ten leprous men also, they all prayed the same prayer. Now look at verse 13 and 14. It says, and they lifted up their voices and they said, Jesus, Master. See, they knew something about this Jesus. They didn't quite know everything, every detail. But they knew there was something about him and they declared, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass as they traveled to be obedient to the voice of God that they realized that they had been healed. All ten uttered the same prayer. But notice two things here quickly. They saw and sensed their need. You don't pray and call out for help unless you feel there's a need. We think sometimes God's going to take care of our situation just because we're in the middle of a situation. We think just because God is a loving God, then all of a sudden everything's going to be taken care of. We've heard it before. God knows. But I, unfortunately, I've heard that when you're witnessing and reaching people, teaching Bible studies, and you see somebody going through a valley, and you try to reach out to them and tell them God wants to help you, they'll say, well, God knows what I'm going through, and he'll deliver me if he wants to deliver me. And, and people in this world, they, they lean on that as their crutch just hoping God gets around to delivering them, whether they make a step to reach out or not. But they sensed their need, and they called out because of their need. The reason you allowed Jesus to save you is because you realized you needed saving. The first time I came to an apostolic church was just to get into a spiritual atmosphere of tongue talkers. I've mentioned it before. But as I was in the midst of some, such a supernatural atmosphere of outpouring, I sensed my need. I realized what I had been the weekend before. I realized what I had been a few days before. I realized what my intentions were for this coming weekend. My regular routine was to have my friends over and we would drink and we would do drugs and we would hang out until we blacked out. That was our routine. But someone invited me to an apostolic church service and messed up the next weekend schedule. Because when I showed up in that altar, after the man of God poured his heart out in that sermon, I began to realize I need something. I realized there was a hunger. Here's a key to the whole issue. All of these men were in the same awful position. All prayed. All were healed. Yet only one of the ten returned back to offer God thanks. 
Only one. Only one. They were all healed. They all were obedient. They all had good intentions. Let me, let me explain this to you. I'm not going to sit here and, and bash these, these other leprous men that didn't come back quite yet. Let me lay out a little bit here. A little, there's my imagination going wild again. Stay with me. Think about it. These leprous men hadn't seen their family in I don't know how long. They'd not held their children. They had not seen their homes. They might have found out their child was born and hadn't had a chance to see them in several years. They don't know what they look like, and they've had to be afar off. They haven't had good fellowship outside of their leper community, leprous community. And now all of a sudden, Jesus says, go and show yourself to the priest. And they turn around awkwardly and go, okay. And as they're walking, I believe all of a sudden, one of them started feeling his foot. Because see, leprosy isn't just your skin turning white. Leprosy is the deadening of your nerves. And that's why a lot of them don't die just from the leprosy alone. A lot of them die because they bleed out from stepping on things and cutting their finger or getting infections and never feeling the pain. That'll preach you alone right there all by itself. Getting so used to your pain that you don't realize your need. But that's a whole nother sermon. So they're walking back, and all of a sudden, as they're walking, one of them feels his foot. He reaches down, and another one begins to feel the feeling in his hands. And they begin to feel, and the other one says, do you feel this? And he reaches over and grabs. Now, I'm like, there again, I'm playing this out. And then they begin to take the wrappings off their hands and off of their face, their neck, their feet, and they begin to see the color has been restored. I can't blame them for wanting to immediately run home to their spouses. I can't really blame them too much. I love my wife. I'm excited. I, I get excited to being able to go home. Well, let, let, me, let, me, let me reel that in a little bit. Hallelujah. I like going home when I know there's nothing I really have to do when I get there. You know what I'm My wife is the queen of finding something on a, a what, what, what's that website? Everybody finds things where you build stuff and you can build a, you can build a, a two, you can build a mansion out of five pallets. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Huh? Pinterest. Come on, somebody. That is of the devil, man. But there's been many times I've come home, my wife said, look what I found. And I just, my, my, can you build this? I'm like, babe, how skilled do you think I am? And then I walk off and go build it and it's over with. But I can't, I can't blame these men because their journey back, they wanted to go see their children. But there was something about one of them, though. There was something about him. He, didn't, he wasn't just satisfied with simply having an instant healing. He wasn't just satisfied that now finally his brook had flowing water again. And now let me lean down and begin to gulp it up. Now, now I've got good food, fresh food. Now it, now I'm in my mountain, so now that I'm at the top of my... I'm gelling both of these sermons together, if you'll stay with me. Now that I'm at the top of my mountain, I'm going to get up here and forget about Jesus. Too many times we do that. Have one of those knock-down, drag-out Sunday night services like we had last weekend. Can't even get the word in. The Spirit of God takes over. God speaks. God moves. There's blessings and miracles. We get a good Holy Ghost dance and a jerk slobber out the right side, step on a couple of shoes. And then go home Monday morning and God don't hear you pray until the next Sunday. Now he's meddling. Now he's meddling. Well, Praise creates the atmosphere for God to move on your behalf. I mentioned it with this sister here earlier. 
Praise creates an atmosphere. I don't think she had it on her agenda. I don't mean to be calling you out so much on the spot here. She didn't have it on her agenda on her phone right about the second song. I'm, I'm, I need to lose it about right here and start crying. and work. No, I don't think she had it planned out at all. It was because she began to position herself. And it isn't just her. It's just what I saw. Is it just her? I begin to see several times people come in here and then all of a sudden before you know it, they're dancing. Going through a struggle, going through a valley, going through a storm, and all of a sudden they're laughing and rejoicing and dancing. Thinking, have you lost your mind? Yes, that's why I'm connecting with God. I finally lost my mind and got the mind of Christ. He, somebody told me one time, are you brainwashed? I said, absolutely I'm brainwashed. You should have seen my brain before Jesus ever come along. And I suggest he washed your brain too. Ah, the mind of Christ needs to be inside of each one of us. <laughs> oh, such a See what happened right there? See what happened? There's something that begins to stir inside of a child of God. When they begin to connect with his word, there's something about the name of Jesus. It creates an atmosphere for God to move on your behalf. God still, God still to this day inhabits the praises of his people. Do you know what inhabit means? He sets up a tent. He encamps himself about you. He pulls himself up in a good old chair and props his feet up in your spirit and just hangs out with you for a little while. It's more than just a passing fleeting moment. When you start worshiping, Jesus runs to you. Ah, see, this is what I'm talking about. See, see? There's something about disembracing your worries, disembracing your fears, and worshiping him no matter how you feel. There's a freedom. There's a liberty. There's a release. There's a healing. There's miracle signs and wonders when we praise his name. Why don't we do that right now? I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Why don't you lift your hands right now? And why don't you just worship him? Why don't you say something good to him right now? God's really been good to you. God's brought you further than you ever thought you could be. God loves you more than you love yourself. You're still the apple of God's eye. You're stronger than you think you are. God has never left you nor forsaken you. And he ain't starting tonight. Worship him, worship him, worship him. That's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. Get closer to him, get closer to him. Come on, strategically place yourself. I'm talking about God's strategic position, God's strategic placement. When you're where you need to be at the right moment, when your praise arrives at the destination that God intended it. Oh, anything can happen. Anything can happen. You can be healed right now while I'm talking. I was in Tennessee. Me and my wife were preaching a revival in Tennessee one time. And I preached through the whole sermon and had no idea anything had happened. Nobody jumped up or ran across the top of the pew. Nobody screamed out, nothing. I just felt like we had some good church. And after service and ended, this lady rushed up to me and she said, Brother, while you were preaching tonight, 
My ears were opened up and I wasn't able to hear until while you were ministering the word of God. She placed herself right where she needed to be for God to work a miracle. Not for me to do anything special. But she allowed herself. To be in God's strategic placement. See, you came in here with your issues and you thought you were going to leave with them. Oh, but then you started worshiping. But then you said, forget about all my pain. Forget about my worry. I'm going to connect with Jesus right now. And then God takes you and moves you into his atmosphere deeper and strategically places you. In the spot for a miracle, raise your hands one more time. Raise your hands one more time in this place. There's a miracle in this house. Come on, God's placing you where he wants you to be. God's putting you in the atmosphere you need to be in for a miracle. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's when God blesses you because you put yourself in the place where you needed to be to be blessed of God. Brother Brian, will you help me for a moment here, young man? Appreciate you. I want to show you, like I said, I'm a visualist, and I pray this right here stirs somebody. Because I believe you got it, but it hasn't quite clicked yet. I'm fixing to show you an actual visual, outward illustration of what we don't see in a church service. It happens, we just can't see it. We don't see when God pours out healing. We have no idea when God's working a miracle until it happens and somebody gives a testimony. Sometimes miracles take place in services like this, and we never even hear about the testimony. I encourage you, if it happens here tonight or this morning, share your testimony. Let somebody know near you, it can strengthen them. But in a church service, God begins to move. God begins to move and flow in every church service. It just depends on whether we're reaching out, if we strategically place ourselves where we need to be in order to be healed or blessed of God or be filled with the Holy Ghost. You might be here physically, but you might not be here mentally right now. You might be balancing your checkbook while I'm preaching. You might be trying to figure out if you cut your oven off right now or not. It's driving you crazy. So you're here, but you're not here. I'm talking about God's strategic placement. In a church service, God begins to pour out blessings. He begins to throw blessings. And if we're not where we need to be when God throws a blessing out, it's going to fall right there in the floor. But as soon as we get to the atmosphere that when God throws out a blessing, if we want it bad enough, we'll get to where it is. I think he's picking up on what's happening. Because no matter where God moves in a church service, when he releases a miracle, if you're not, he's trying, he's trying. If he releases a miracle, oh, oh, did he catch it? Because God's pouring out a healing. And because he's following after the presence of God, God's going to, me- oh, oh, God's going to. And then sometimes when you're right where you need to be, God says, here, take this blessing. But you see what's happening now? He don't know if I'm going to throw another miracle out. But he's still hungry for the things of God. So in a church service, he might be not seeing where God's going to throw it out. But he's going to make sure when God pours out a miracle, he's at the right place at the right time. 
Because I believe God's got a miracle for somebody in this altar here right now in a moment. And when God pours out that miracle, it's all dependent on whether you decide if you're going to show up and be at the right place for God's strategic place. We give God a hand clap of praise here tonight. Come on, I just encourage somebody right now. Don't be a leprous person leaving this place the same way you came. Everybody stand tonight. Don't leave this place the same way that you came tonight. God, in the midst of such a casual mindset, can move. Oh, he's pouring them out. He's releasing them in the atmosphere. Miracles are happening in this place right now. Come on, you know what's happening. You feel the Holy Ghost. Come on, you feel the atmosphere changing right now. Never be the same. Never be the same again. Never be the same again. Come on. Come on. God. God. God is in this place right now moving. Come down here and expect it. Come down here and expect the miracle. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, they that hunger and thirst. They that hunger and thirst. They that hunger and thirst. Let them be filled. Let them be satisfied. Come on, claim it, claim it right now. Don't wait on somebody to shake your head off your shoulder. Don't wait on somebody to have to pull you down. Grab a hold of God. Don't let him pass your way. And you never get a touch of the anointing of God. Come on, right now, right now. If you ain't been renewed in a long time, now's your moment to talk in tongues. Now's your moment to get renewed in the Holy Ghost right now. This is your revival you prayed for. It's right now. It's strategically right now. Somebody is placing themselves right now where God wants you. Oh, look, 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 look. Come on, don't look around. Don't look around. Don't worry about somebody else's strategic placement. Look at where you are. Where are you going? What have you been through? <laughs> what are your doubts? What are your fears? Put them on the line. Burn them away at the altar. Come on, let's shake the roof off of this place tonight with your worship. Shake the roof off of this place with your praise. Let a miracle take place in your spirit, whether you feel it or not.